Welcome to J-Rod Concerts, the podcast with Jamie Rodriguez. A trip of music discovery. Jamie is picking people he thinks you'll really like. Musicians, artists, producers, and everyone involved in the world of music. Here's your host, Jamie Rodriguez. Hello. Is it me you're looking for? Oh, hi, dear listeners. Welcome to J-Rod Concerts, the podcast. And uh, I hope that this is who you're looking for. This is uh, Jamie Rodriguez. Thanks for joining, guys. And so excited for today's guest, ladies and gentlemen. He first came to um, to our attention a long time ago with a project he had called Jack's Mannequin. He had some amazing albums there, like The Glass Passenger, and people and things that we really loved and was very popular on the Billboard 200. Um, but man, when he, uh, in 2014, he just broke to the mainstream. His name is Andrew McMahon, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, his band is called Andrew McMahon in the Wilderness. I'm sure you've heard of it since uh, since 2014. I mean, he's uh, really, throughout his career, he sold nearly 2.5 million albums across all of his musical projects. He's received an Emmy nomination for his work on the NBC show Smash, and he's released his memoir, Three Pianos, on October 2021. Strongly recommend that book, by the way. Really fascinating read. So happy to have uh, Andrew here. He talks to us about his nonprofit charity, the Dear Jack Foundation, uh, which uh, benefits adolescents and young adults diagnosed with cancer, just like he did, by the way, and he talks about it in our show. He, he got cancer early on. He overcame it. One of the great things he's overcome. And man, we just loved Andrew McMahon. So glad that he's on the show. He's been touring quite a bit this year. And uh, yeah, so thank you, Andrew, for being on the show, guys. If you guys are new to his music, man, wow. Check him out on all the streaming sites, andrewmcmahon.com. He also tours with a bunch of the friends of our show for The Rock Boat. So uh, tune in because he is awesome. And uh, dear listeners, if you're new to the show, we welcome you. And uh, we we uh, we have a great newsletter that goes out every Friday. We um, invite you to subscribe. It uh, gives you guys the five new songs we recommend for you each week. Uh, it's easy to subscribe if you don't like it. But, uh, you know, we love having you part of the community. But without further ado, guys, this is Andrew McMahon on J-Rod Concerts, the podcast. The man, the myth, the legend, <laughs> Hard Andrew, Andrew McMahon. Look at you. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. Oh, look at me. I'm on your sign back there. That's fun. You're on the little marquee. And look at that beautiful compound. Where are you coming to us from, Andy? Well, I'm in my studio here. Uh, I'm, I'm down in uh, uh, Southern California. Beautiful. Beautiful, Andrew. And, uh, you know, we've been waiting a long time to have you on the show. Big fans. And what a legacy uh, that you are creating in the music world, Andrew. Do you ever, like, sit back? In, maybe in the pandemic and kind of like take a breather and seize the stuff that you've created, man, like the bands you've been part of and, you know, and, and be like, you know what, I've, I'm creating something. I'm kind of, I've left a mark in this world. Like I can have my hat with what I've already done. Look, I, I think, I think the way that, that I process that stuff and I do, I mean, I reflect a lot, especially now, like, you know, this, this last year was sort of, you know, 20 plus years on the road and making record, you know, records for, for labels. And, and, uh, and it was my 40th birthday. So that was like a, a milestone for me. And, um, right. and yeah, I mean, I think, 
Yeah, thank you. I, I think when I when I look at it, it's it's really it's it's not so much I'm like, oh, I'm building a legacy. It's it's really like, wow, how fortunate I am that I've been mm -hmm. able to keep creating and keep making music um, and keep, you know, keep these fans that we've had for so long, but also like make new fans along the way. And, and uh, you know, yeah, I, 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 I regularly sort of take take stock and and, you know, thank my lucky stars that I, I still get to do what I do. Totally, totally. And that comes through in your music, man. And, and before we go any further, uh, I have to ask, it's been 15 years, you know, since you were diagnosed with, uh, you know, with lymphomastic leukemia and, and you've shared this incredible health journey in your book and many times before. How are you feeling today? You know, fall of 2022, Andrew? Oh, yeah, I feel great. I mean, the good fortune for me, um, which there has been has been much of, uh, you know, the cancer that I had because I was, I was lucky enough to be transplanted by my sister um, with stem cells and, and sort of reboot my system um, that really outside of the, those first, you know, two or three years where it was kind of all coming together, you know, my, my, I was, you know, sort of onboarding my new immune system, so to speak. Uh, you know, I've been really lucky to have good health ever since, you know, um, a lot of people who are in my position, I've not had that same good fortune. And so that's why we, we do the sure. work with the foundation and, and really try and um, focus attention on, on young people who are, who are going through it. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I just, I just surf for two hours and, and, and I, uh, Amazing. You know, and I, I eat, I eat healthy. I, you know, I, I, I try I try to take pretty good care of myself, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm lucky to be uh, uh, other than the, the old, you know, the old creaky things that come along with, with a little bit of age. <laughs> I'm probably in better shape now than I was in my 20s. That's for that's sure. what I was gonna say, man. You look fantastic. Um, yeah. You know, and I, I have so much to ask you, but since you bring it up, let's let's talk about the Dear Jack Foundation because it's such a wonderful thing that you started. You know, I saw you have a couple events in Chicago later this year, yeah. and you're changing like so many lives, Andrew. But tell us a little bit about it since since you like uh, glanced over it. Well, so for me, the the my journey with cancer was. Uh, you know, it was obviously unique. I was young, uh, you know, being in your, in your early twenties, it's, it's not as common to get cancer in that, in that age bracket. And as a result, there's a lot less research. There's a lot less, um, uh, sort of support tools available to young people. And I think the, the, the system, uh, historically, especially when I was sick, wasn't really set up for people my age, um, especially in the survivorship uh, portion of things, when you kind of transition back to the world, but right. you know, you've, you've had this massive experience that for a young person is highly unrelatable to most of their peers, you know? And so I think <laughs> right. with, with your Jack, what we really have tried to focus on is creating a feeling of um, community, amongst young people that are that are sick, letting them know that they're not alone. Also, uh, letting young people know that just because you survive this disease doesn't mean that you're really out of the woods uh, on a mental health front. Uh, sure. and, and so we really, we try and give a voice to those, those people. And we also have created, um, you know, created uh, programming and advocacy uh, to help support them along their journey and also into survivorship. Absolutely. Yeah. It's really wonderful what you're doing there, yeah, Andrew. And, you know, talking to um, 
about a crucial period in your life, Andrew, going back a little bit. And you talked a little bit about this in your book, which is great, by the way, it's out now. But, you know, when you're when you moved to California briefly in the fourth grade, right, when you when your uncle unfortunately passed. Right. Yeah. Uh, but this was like, you know, you talk about it like this was the breakthrough moment where like music just seeped into your soul and you just like kind of found your purpose. Yeah. Um, what do you remember from your uncle and kind of like the impact that you had that he had on you in that short period and, and that like key moment of your life, Andrew? Well, look, my uncle was an incredibly magnetic uh, human being. He, uh, he was responsible for largely making the, the VCR popular and home video popular mm. back in the day. He, he, he was the, the, the brains behind bringing the Jane Fonda workout onto VHS cassettes and into people's living rooms. And he was just this, he was this, you know, he was a salesman and an entrepreneur. And, and so for our family, um, you know, he was the, he was the rock star of, of his generation for our family, you know, and, and, and we, we all looked to him. He was, he was flashy and funny and, you know, drove sports cars and, and was successful and we all just loved him, you know? And, and, um, and I think the biggest impression for me was both his creativity and his generosity. You know, he, he, he really looked after the family and his friends and the people around him, sometimes probably to a fault, um, but we, you know, we were all just so uh, wrapped up in in sort of the beauty of his spirit. And so losing him um, really was, it was such a strange moment because I, I think for all of us, it was like, you just got excited to go see Uncle Stuart. You know, you, 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 when we would travel from when we were living on the East Coast in the Midwest and we'd come out to California for the summers, it was just like, you just wanted to camp out at, at my cousin Cooper and Hamilton's house. Cause they're, they were great. Right. Dad was great. And it was just the best place to be, you know? Um, <laughs> right. And I, and I think when you, when you lose somebody like that in your life, uh, it leaves a big void, you know? And, and yeah. for me, I filled that void with music. You know, I, I, I used, I used music as a way to process grief. Um, it wasn't something that I, I was familiar with as a, you know, eight, nine year old kid. Uh, but there was this sense in me um, that that I wanted to create in his absence, you know. Sure. And I think I think his creativity and 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 his charisma was sort of like, you know, for me it was just a, a, a you know guiding light uh, and and something that I wanted to to sort of attain. And I, I I attempted to do so by just writing songs and writing all day long. I come home from school and just write music yeah. and, and sort of never stops. <laughs> And you and you do it, Andrew. And since I have you here, I have to tell you this week, um, you know, I, I met with the people that put on the rock boat, uh, the people oh, yeah, that put on the six man guys. Yeah, they're yeah, great. Like I had lunch with Trey Vader and some of these people and they said, man, that is what they had to say about you. They said, Andrew McMahon, what he does with any audience that we've seen him is create joy and just smile and create connection so it's just beautiful to hear about your uncle because whenever you know people mention your name and the effect that you have on audiences it's very similar so yeah i actually heard that this week i think you should know that for sure that, that that's very flattering i i you know it's where i find a lot of my joys on stage i, I think Absolutely. i think people sometimes uh give me more credit than i deserve because I, I i really i'm searching for that in that space too you know like being on a stage, you know, and for a lot of years, I'd say less so now, but there were times in my life where I really only felt at home on stage and, mm. and where I only felt complete if I was in front of an audience. And I've, I've, I've you know, I've, I've worked on that and I find, I, I, I find those things elsewhere now too, but, 
but uh, there's just something magical about when you can get everybody on the same page inside of a, a room singing together that uh, I just find, um, you know, it is, it, it's, it's, it's really a, a beautiful, a beautiful thing to get to engage with. Absolutely. Andrew. And why do you think that is, you know, because we hear, I mean, many artists have even, you know, like, basically lost their own lives because they can't fill that void basically you know like why why do you think that that becomes like so addicting and, and it's kind of like hard to compensate basically outside of that stage well i mean just from the the sheer serotonin release of of and that feeling of of you know ultimate connection with so many people at one time you know even I, if it's small even if it's a small room sometimes there's a trade-off there where it's just even a deeper connection because you're so it's so intimate um gotcha. and, I, and i and i think a lot of us uh I, I mean i can only speak for myself but i know a lot of artists i think a lot of us we create because we're insecure you know it, it, whether it's because of that there's it's a, there's a part of that you know for me i'm like a i'm a people pleaser to my core you know and and a stage is a place where if I do my job well, I can please a whole lot of people. And, and so I think there's, uh, there's a component of, of this profession that is driven by um, some feelings of inadequacy and some feelings of insecurity sure. that, that when you find a stage and, and you find success, it, it is a real, uh, it, it's, a, it's a really nice band-aid for a lot of those emotions, you know? Um, I think the job of a uh, of an artist growing up in within themselves and in the world and on a stage is, you know, to try and understand that, try and understand what motivates you, and and also try to uh, to find you know find meaningful uh, ways to fulfill yourself outside of your art because there uh, you know there's a I think a longevity that comes with with balancing out some of those motivations uh and 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 taking a healthy approach as well absolutely um, it's, it's taken me a lot of years to figure that out <laughs> and I, I can't say i figured it out entirely but but uh, uh but i'm aware of it and and i i think it's important to be aware of it being aware that's 70 percent of the battle for sure 100%. man so much to ask you andrew i have to ask you about um you know about writing for the theater right because a lot of my audience may not know you actually you know you were nominated for an emmy award for outstanding music and lyrics uh for that uh, sh uh, song you did for nbc uh, i heard your voice in a dream yeah was was that fun for you and have you thought about like just do coming coming back to it just writing for that like how is it different to write for theater versus you know any other medium well it was super fun for the record. It was, uh, it was totally unexpected. Um, the showrunner for, for smash, which was the TV show I worked on. Um, he, uh, we had the most random of connections. My wife, uh, worked in a lingerie store with one of his best friends. The and then, and they, he heard that, that, you know, the connection there and was a fan of my music and, and, uh, very, uh, you know, I, th I think pr probably at some risk to his own reputation brought me into the show, um, even though I was completely inexperienced in work right. on, you know, for television. Um, there were things that I had to do for that, that I was totally inexperienced at. I, I rarely produce my own work. I rarely, um, you know, I, I, I usually work with other engineers and producers when I write a song to, to bring it to light and, and working for television uh, on some of the shoestring budgets they had, I would have to basically craft the song and the production uh, from scratch and turn it in. And sometimes on a few days notice. Um, but I kind of loved the, the, the sort of, 
having to work within a certain set of parameters, right? You know, I was, they would send me a script and they would say, mm. this is where your song will go. Um, these the emotion that, and, and, and what we need to convey with this song, this is the tempo or the feel that we want. And so you sort of sit down and there was already a million places you couldn't go. Right. And, and uh, I found that to be incredibly stimulating because it was like, okay, how sure. do I, you know, how do I still make this feel like one of my songs that I would be proud of anybody hearing, right? Um, but how do I super serve not just the audience of the million producers that are on a show and the talent that's making it, but also their audience? And right. uh, and and yeah, I, I I had a blast. I I would totally do it again. The same show showrunner um, uh, had me uh, had me on to compose for for another of his shows on Netflix a couple summers ago. Mm -hmm. That's right. It was, again, equally gratifying and difficult and fun. Uh, I don't actively seek out these opportunities, but to the extent that there are more of them or, uh, or, or any of your listeners might work in TV and film or theater or whatever, like I, I'm game. I really do. Awesome. I, 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 love the, I love that work. And, and, uh, and it certainly keeps me, I think, sharp um, working on my own music to be able to kind of take these little side adventures and Absolutely. learn like, from other creative people. Absolutely, Andrew. I mean, you've been so good with your time. Let me ask you a couple more questions, but thanks. And I could talk to you for days. Um, let me, in 2014, uh, let me ask you about that. I, lo I love 2014 and in your journey because, you know, you took a risk. It's your first time that, you know, you came in with the, wild and with, you know, with your, uh, with the Wilderness Project. And, um, you know, the first single that you come out of the gate, you've had previous success, obviously, with your, with your previous bands, with something corporate and a whole bunch of other stuff. But you, you come out with Cecilia and the satellite, named after your daughter, of course. And man, is that a smash hit or what, Andrew? You could not escape that song. And I was checking out in, in research. I mean, it was number six on the U.S. hot rock songs for a minute, number 10 on the U.S. adult pop. I mean, it was one of the hottest songs of the year. There's no other way to say it, man. That must have been, man, what, what, a, what a little thrill because you're taking a creative risk, you know, and to have that reception. How was that period like, Andrew? It was awesome. I mean, like, I think, I think it was, it was, it was amazing for so many reasons. Um, I think in my, you know, in my personal life, I, I had the joy of having this, this, this daughter, you know, this new, you know, family member in my world. Right. And, and so, you know, obviously that's reflected in the song and, and, uh, and so, but it just keeps going in layers. Right. So I, I'm, I'm in this moment in my life where I, I really feel like I've, I've found some stability and some, some solid ground after a lot of like very tumultuous years, you know, I, I came out of cancer and, and I didn't really do the things I needed to do to, 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 to look after my mental health, to, to take care of my body, my, my relationships, a million things. Right. And, and the reason I took the risk of starting this project was because I needed to start over, right? I needed to, I needed to know what it like, what was like to begin something with both feet on the ground, you know, and, and then to have the song that, that sort of was so closely attached to not just the experience of having Cecilia, but also this desire to reflect on my life up to that moment and, and things, you know, highs and lows and successes and failures um, to have that song that was so deeply personal to me be the one after all these years of making records with multiple projects now, be the one that, that got through the gates. You know, I, I, there's no other, there's no other single in my history that, that, 
that broke 20, I don't think, you know, and, and, uh, uh, and so that was, was so satisfying, but I also think because I had had the experience of having success with other projects and I so commonly fell into the trap of not taking the time to just look around and go, wow, like we're here. Right. You know, I, I think right. it's so, so easy to be caught up in the work and caught right. up in the condition of wanting to get to the next thing that sometimes it's hard to appreciate when you're succeeding. Right. And, and, um, 2014, 15 with the song doing well and the crowds getting bigger and going and playing on, you know, festival stages at Coachella and Firefly. And, you know, it just was like every day me and my band members would just kind of look around and go, Whoa, this is like happening, you know? And, and, uh, and, and so, yeah, it was, it was, it was Amazing. a pretty magical time in my life for sure. Love it. Love it. Love it, Andrew. And uh, man, l let me leave you with this. When you were touring uh, Zombies in America, fantastic album, by the way, one of our favorites. Um, that second side is really underrated, really great stuff in there, man. Mm -hmm. uh, you opened some shows for one of, you know, of your influences, Billy, Billy Joel. Yeah. Um, you know, how are those shows like, I mean, just being exposed to like that audience, you know, different crowd and being able to, you know, play keys for them, warm mm -hmm. them up. Uh, I, I know you've played a bunch of big stages before, but but in a way, you know, for the teenage Andrew McMahon, that must have been something special, right? Well, and not only that, but but they were the biggest stages I'd ever played. I mean, I got to play at Lambeau Field with Billy Joel, mm -hmm. like seventy thousand people. Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and it was it was equal parts terrifying, like just walking out onto a stage that size. Uh, you're just like the idea of like, what if something goes wrong, you know? And, and like, I'm a worrier. And, and uh, so there was that, but, but yeah, I mean, my very first concert was a Billy Joel concert. He really was. And I, and I, I truly, I, this is a fact. He was like my musical Bible when I started writing songs, you know, like my parents gave me his two greatest hits records and I just, it's all I listened to. And then River of Dreams came out. And he was like, he was my, number one idol for the years that I had begun writing music. And, uh, and so to get to share a stage with him to play for his crowd who were really kind to, to me and my band um, and to get to like meet him and spend time with him and, and speak as if we were peers, even though I was like absolutely <laughs> dying inside. inside right. You know, like, <laughs> together. Uh, it really, it, you know, I'm very fortunate that at, at, you know, after doing this for as long as I have, that there are still parts of this dream that are, that are coming true, you know, and, and, uh, and man, what a, what a joy and, and honor to get to, you know, to, to hold that space and that stage for 45 minutes before your hero walks out and, you know, Unbelievable. And, and, and yeah, it was pretty cool. Unbelievable. Well, Andrew McMahon, you've said it all for today, man. Like I said, we could talk to you for a week. So we just appreciate your time. But, but man, what a guy. Thank you for everything you've done for music. And we look forward to catching you sometime down the road, man. Thank you, sir. I appreciate your time. Take care. You've been listening to J-Rod Concerts, the podcast with Jamie Rodriguez.